It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Greg Jarrett. I'm Sandra Smith. I'm Charles Payne, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, August 18th, 2022. I'm John Saucier. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has been front and center throughout this war, and he's getting recognition for his leadership in the face of unprovoked Russian aggression against his people. But now some of those people are wondering why Zelensky didn't pay more attention to Western intelligence before the war started, saying that Russia was just about to attack. Residents and critics are furious that they were not able to prepare. They're angry that the people who were killed in the initial days, those lives could have been saved. This is the Fox News Rundown. War on Ukraine. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on Outkick.com forward slash watch. Besides recent criticism, Zelensky faces major concerns over this nuclear plant in Ukraine that's just a little too close to comfort for this war. What if some sort of rocket hit a nuclear reactor? This war could go from bad to worse. So I talked with United Nations Refugee Agency Deputy High Commissioner Kelly Clements. She says that they are working with the government here in Ukraine to assess what they can do, what kind of international aid they can bring. And Our guest today is Fox News foreign correspondent Alex Hogan, who's in Kiev, Ukraine. Basically coming up with contingency plans in the event that there would be some nuclear catastrophe, that they are prepared to make those evacuations. There are still so many people who live in those areas. And of course, we're only seeing tensions continue to escalate. Uh, Thursday night, we're hearing new words from both Russia and Ukraine blaming each other and now saying that there is new provocations that will take place on Friday. Both countries continuing to point blame at the other. And Ukrainian intelligence also say that now they're learning that Russian occupiers are even told on Friday to not show up and simply stay home. A lot of people have a stake in guarding this nuclear power plant. It's the largest one in all of Europe. And, you know, it's been going back and forth between Russia and Ukraine. One of these countries that has some skin in the game here is Turkey. And we know that their president, Recep Erdogan, got together with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, along with the United Nations, to talk about possible missions to this power plant to make sure nothing happens to it. What are you hearing on that front with the meetings between Erdogan and Zelensky? Yeah, this meeting taking place uh, Thursday in the western side of the country where there have been more talks about diplomacy. And the main topic that was stressed over and over again was just the potential catastrophe that we could see in Zaporizhia, where there is this nuclear power plant. Guterres saying that any damage to this site essentially is suicide. So both the president of Ukraine and the president of Turkey had those conversations today, stressing the importance of alleviating the tension and the fighting that we've seen really only intensify in, in recent weeks. And Zelensky tonight even calling it nuclear blackmail with Russian forces not only setting up themselves, but setting up their military equipment next to what is, again, largest nuclear power plant. So a lot of concern. And there is at least hope that these talks will lead to potential alleviation of the fighting, at least temporarily. Yeah, that's interesting. They've got military equipment near the power plant. We've heard a number of times how Russia's 
weaponizing energy in this war. Well, they're like literally doing it right there with the weapons right next to the power plant. And you also wonder, how could this war get any worse? Well, nuclear fallout, obviously, if something happens on nuclear reactor, um, I think that Gutierrez, Secretary Gutierrez is on point when he says that'd be suicide. Another big storyline in this war has been the food crisis, the global food crisis that it has caused. Ukraine is the world's breadbasket, and there's a number of poorer nations that rely on grain from there, but Russia had blocked the grain exports. There was a deal in place. What's the latest on grain getting out of Ukraine to some of these countries that need it? Yeah, well, if anything, this is one hopeful sign that we've seen, especially coming out of these conversations today at the UN, that there have been 21 ships now that have left from Istanbul to Ukraine to pick up grain and bring those food supplies to other countries that are desperately in need as the global food crisis only continues to intensify. And as we speak, there are 550 thousand metric tons of grain and other food produced by Ukraine that will be going out. We did see the first ships go to Ethiopia in the last week, which is, again, one of the hard hit countries in this global food crisis. So there are still major concerns, especially for some of the members who are on these ships of the mine in the water outside of Odessa, largest port in the country. And as we've seen, even in the last days, there have been attacks not only in the water, but on the port city of Odessa itself. So even though these ships are getting out, there's not that sigh of relief until they dock on other shores. And you haven't heard of any reports of maybe a ship hitting a mine or one of these grain transport ships being attacked, have you? We haven't had any specific attacks on the ships. The other day, there was a detonated water mine killing swimmers who were Odessa. Police, again, are everyone in the area to stay out of the water. It's a difficult thing to do, given the fact that it's summer. People want to be going out and finding some semblance See, uh, but the waters are not safe, and law enforcement continue to stress that here in Ukraine. We're speaking today to Fox News foreign correspondent Alex Hogan, who's been in Kiev for the last three weeks and has her finger on the pulse of this war, along with all the issues that have come up with it. We'll continue to discuss those issues next. Alex, I'm trying to get a feel for what people are saying in Ukraine about this war because their president, Vladimir Zelensky, who for the most part has been viewed as a hero during this whole thing, now being criticized a little bit that he may have not listened as closely as he could have to intelligence the United States and the United Kingdom was giving him as far as the Russian troops massed up on the border and the fact that, yes, a Russian invasion was in fact coming. Have you heard any of this criticism, maybe from officials you've talked to or even Ukrainian citizens there who uh, might feel, I don't know, a little bit underprepared for this? I've had conversations with people who are extremely angry. They felt blindsided at the door. And then now to learn through this interview that Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky did with the Washington Post, where he essentially admits that the government knew that an invasion Likely, they didn't realize it would be to this extent, but they did have that information. And they say they purposefully did not officially announce it to not create chaos around the country, saying that he did not want to sow any chaos. He did not want people to flee the country, which they inevitably did. People who are here and just finding out this information now. Residents and critics are furious that they were not able to prepare. They're angry that the people who were killed in the initial days, those lives could have been saved. And especially for the millions of people, 10 million people leaving the country so desperately in those initial days, many of them bringing nothing more than documents and the clothes they had on their back. 
They wanted that information. They say they needed it in those moments. Yeah, it makes me wonder what Zelensky stand to gain from downplaying reports of an invasion. I mean, I get the idea he didn't want to create chaos, but sorry, look at the chaos going on now and the chaos that you mentioned as people were fleeing from there. I mean, what does he have to gain from not telling them or for underplaying it? He says that if there was too much chaos, more people would have pulled out their money, even more than people did in the months before the invasion. People would have fled the country. There wouldn't be the same defense tactics. And also, he said, Ukraine simply wouldn't as wouldn't have been as strong as it was when Russia first invaded. He claims that Russian forces would have been able to take over the country in just three days if there was panic across the country. So from his perspective, this was all to defend the country and that if he had announced this earlier on that Ukraine right now simply wouldn't be. All right. Well, that's a pretty good answer. We appreciate that. Let's talk about the current state of the war with the Ukrainian military and what's been going on in Russian annex Crimea. Recently, a number of Russian weapons depots were destroyed. And has the Ukrainian military actually taken credit for that yet? Was it them? There has been no official credit taken on the Ukrainian side. Every single time that we've seen an attack in Crimea, we've heard from the presidential office that they celebrate any type or movement when it comes to the liberation of Crimea, which was annexed in 2014. But they have not taken any responsibility for the last two attacks that we saw in Crimea, saying that this essentially was the fault of Russia, not taking care of their ammunition properly. And that has been their response. But they continue to, be it in tweets, be it in public statements, comments about how this essentially is seen as a win in their books. But on the other hand, they do realize there are a lot of Ukrainians who are still Ukrainian and not leaning in to the uh, Russian annexation of Crimea and that they are telling those Ukrainians, if you live in Crimea, make sure you are safe and nowhere near these ammunition depots. Yeah, because a few thousand people actually had to be evacuated when this happened. So I guess you can see why Ukraine wouldn't take direct credit for that if, in fact, it was them. They're kind of playing a delicate balance on that one as well. All right, Alex, we've talked about a ton of weaponry used in this, specifically weaponry sent to Ukraine by the United States. Now it looks like the drone war is ramping up. You spoke with an expert in Ukraine about the thousands of drones that are being used on the front lines. What did you learn about that? Yeah, it was really interesting to talk to an expert who who told us on the front lines, this war is completely shifted from what we see in movies and past wars where the technology is advancing day by day. So right now they're using everything from very well-equipped military drones to extremely simple drones that you could buy in store. They're using them for attacks. We saw it on a Russian communications tower, a armed drone actually taking out this massive tower. But these drones are also being used just to collect information and navigate where the front lines are as the battle eventually continues to move across the country. So drones being used practically everywhere along the front lines, and that will not be going away anytime soon. Yeah, it's kind of the new face of warfare that we're seeing put on full display. And you're seeing it in person, Alex Hogan in Kiev, Ukraine. Alex, how are you feeling? You holding up okay? You've been over there for a little while now. I have. We're going into my th- uh, third week now. But it's um, it's just amazing to see how strong people are. I, I visited a school and the principal told me that, you know, these kids, they have grown used to hearing the 
sounds of alarms. And every time that they hear that, they will walk downstairs, they will go into the bomb shelter, and then they will get back upstairs and continue class. It is amazing to see the strength of people who are living through this. And this is their reality. And they don't get to go home after all of this is over. Yeah, really crazy to think about having to live like that. But it's just kind of the situation. We're glad you're there to report back to the world on what's actually going on. Fox News correspondent Alex Hogan in Kiev, Ukraine. Alex, thank you so much for being with us and lending us your story here on the Fox News Rundown War in Ukraine podcast. Thanks, Jeff. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts.